Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Had ourselves a week last week, buddy. Gonna try and have another one this week. Let's talk some pick em, uh man. And I want to say, though, in one of my pools, I am 7 and 18 all discretion. So if you're thinking about taking any of these things, do some, do some of your own research, too. But had a good week. So, CJ, I think, you know, we've seen about a month of the season now. And so I think we have an idea of who's good, who's really good and maybe starting to get a little bit of a feel for these teams. So I kind of want to start putting our money where our mouth is and have a friendly little competition as we're doing this as well. Are you in? I'm in. Let's do it. Okay. So let's get to some nooner Saturday, CJ. First one I want to talk about, because I think it's an interesting buying situation here, the Terps going into the horseshoe against the Buckeyes, the number seventh ranked Ohio State squad, a 21 21- point favorite against Maryland. I think Maryland our friend uh, Tagavalua and, and show himself to be pretty confident against Ohio State defense that I don't think is outstanding by any means. Um, I don't think because they held Rutgers to 13 or Akron to 7 that they've totally figured it out yet on that side of the ball. Yeah, I don't think they figured it out. I think a lot of this has to do with just, you know, quite frankly, how bad um, Maryland looked against Iowa. Um, I, I think that's kind of what's pushed this number a little. Um, I like Ohio State to win the game, but I'm not so sure they win it by three touchdowns. Because I'm with you. I don't think they figured out the defensive side of the ball yet. No, I'd agree, man. I'd agree. What'd you? Another Big Ten nooner. We just talked about, you know, how I don't think Ohio State defense figured it out. I mean, they – yeah, they gave up 13 to Rutgers, a 3-2 and two Rutgers squad, hosting the number 11th ranked Michigan State Spartans. Um, I, that just doesn't feel right, does it, CJ? It doesn't because of what they've been the last couple of years, uh, but it's really good to see them playing good football again because um, it, 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 it adds depth to the Big Ten. But it does feel a little funky because I'm not sure any of us would have slated this team to be five and zero oh and, and and on the verge of the top ten. CJ, can we can we make a little bit of a kind of a an inquiry into them real quick? They beat Northwestern. Northwestern isn't great this year. They beat Youngstown. Okay, Miami is proving to be a train wreck, and I think they got a lot of credit for beating them. Right? Then they hold on and win an OT, get the punt return to get back into OT once they got ranked to beat Nebraska at 23-20. Then they kind of allowed 31 to West Kentucky. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to lose the Rutgers. Five and a half is just a weird, weird number. I'm probably staying away from it. Michigan State probably finds a way to win. Uh, I mean, Peyton Thorne, the sophomore, has been great this season. 11 touchdowns and one interception. The offense has looked pretty good at times this year. I don't know why you wouldn't want to take Michigan State more than five and a half, but this is stinky line. Um, and now the under at 50, I kind of love, to be honest with you, CJ. Uh, yeah. Because I think yeah. Michigan State defensively is pretty solid. 
Yeah, I love the under in this one. Um, and I actually – I do like Michigan State to, to cover that five and a half. Um, I don't think Rutgers offensively is real good. Um, you know, I, and, cause you, and you talk about Michigan State, and yeah, that, that's fair of who they've played. Um, and they get a lot of credit for the Miami win that probably isn't as sexy now. Um, but, I mean, this is a Rutgers offense that hasn't been real good. Graciano's, you know, still still trying to get all that figured out. I think Michigan State's a much better football team, um, and I like them to win. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say big, but they'll they'll win by a touchdown. I hear you. I'm now, CJ, hold on here. We're going to have to do some. I guess let's just say every game we talk about, we're we're making a pick on and and keeping the record of it. Then is that what we're going to do? Yeah, yeah that's okay. How we'll do it. Okay, so I'll, I will take Michigan State to cover, but I do not love the five and a half at all. Um, and so, uh, but I'll say this too: I think they're very susceptible to getting beat by Indiana the next week before looking ahead to Michigan at home. I really do. Yeah, I would agree with that. You get stuck in that look-ahead moment. I think it's very easily possible. A couple other good nooners here, CJ. I mean, we talk enough about West Virginia on our other, you know, on our pod with with Zach there. Uh, So we don't need to get into that. But I think we'll both just say West Virginia plus the three. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, always check that over there. Um, so let's go to the game day site, the state fair. Still a Big Twelve matchup, soon to be SEC matchup. Oklahoma, as Keith Jackson would say, Oklahoma versus Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Um, number six Sooners, twenty-one for Texas. There, CJ. What are you feeling there, man? Oklahoma is a three-point favorite. Uh, I, I these are ones I typically try and stay away from because they're rivalry games. I hate betting rivalry games because stupid, crazy stuff happens. You know, half the stadium will be red, half of it will be that god awful burnt orange. But I like I like Oklahoma to win. That three and a half to me is sneaky because I feel like that hook's going to get you. Um, it's currently three, CJ. It's currently three. It's currently three. So you push in, in your scenario is what you're thinking. Yeah. I, like I said, I like Oklahoma. I don't know if Oklahoma blows them out. Um, I, I expect this one to be close. Um, but I just – at some point, I think Spencer Rattler's got to show up. Maybe it's this week. Maybe it's not. Um you know, Texas left me some be desired to give up 27 to TCU. Oklahoma's yeah. better defensively than TCU is. I, I honestly love this under in this game, uh, which is crazy to say in the in the Red River rivalry shootout. But 63 in the hook, I kind of like the under in this game. I think it gets a little more defensive, and I think Lincoln Riley will lean on Alex Grinch in that unit a little bit, and I think they'll win the game like – 31-21 type of deal, potentially. I don't trust Texas's offense all that much. Yeah, I, I don't either. Um, you know, and like, and, and, and the sad part is, is, is OU's offense, you really can't trust a ton either. They haven't really shown you a whole lot. But I still, regard. I, I feel you, but I still do in some respects, because I think they kind of showed a little bit something there Saturday, beating Kansas State. 
Yeah, because that was that the middle hurdle game for them. Um, this is one that just comes down for me um, in who I trust behind center. And right now I would say I trust Rattler more than I do Thompson. I don't think there's any question about it. And I think Oklahoma defensively can key on B. John Robinson a little bit. As good as he is, I think they can find ways to potentially slow him down just a little bit. And if they do, they've got a really good chance to win this thing going away. Um, another nooner here, CJ, that we have to talk about. Our boy Lane Train Kiffin, his squad, the Ole Miss Rebels, hosting the Arkansas Razorbacks. Number 13, Arkansas. Number 17, Ole Miss from the Grove. An 11 a.m. Eastern time start down there in Oxford. And uh, Ole Miss is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I absolutely love Ole Miss in this game. Take them, lay them big time. In the under 66-and-a-half, I kind of almost like that as well. I don't think Arkansas is that great offensively. That Jefferson kid has the ability to, to, to run a little bit, but I don't think they're quite there yet. I think they're way ahead of schedule. Take Ole Miss big. Yeah, this one's kind of an interesting one, right? And, and you know, hopefully – uh, to borrow Lane Kiffin's line, they they have the microwave plugged up for the popcorn this weekend. Um, <laughs> this, this, and, and the reason I say that this one is interesting, right? We, we all kind of knew Arkansas was ahead of schedule, and Georgia proved that because Georgia flat dominated them from the opening kickoff on. And I think that's, that's the difference because Georgia is flat out probably the best team in the country. I, I, I agree. Still number one, but to me, I think Georgia passes – all tests, eye tests, physical, all of it. Yes. But here's what could be really interesting is because we've you've heard it talked about before, right? The, the Alabama effect. Sometimes teams come out of that Alabama game and they lose again the following week and they call it that Alabama effect because they're so physical and they beat on you and you're just so, you know, and especially if you're Kiffin and Old Miss, you had so much going into that one. You had that, you wanted that one and then you come out and lay the egg like you did. And that can work one of two ways. That can either be they're going to be hyped up, ready to go, because they're pissed off about that performance, or it has a carryover effect. That, that to me, is interesting, because both teams are coming into this game sort of in the same situation, right? Arkansas walked into Georgia between the hedges with, with something to prove, to prove, hey, we are good. We belong in the conversation. And after it, you went, no, nah, you're not there yet. Well, let's, and, and but I think CJ, what you just said, that in the end, that's going to go to Ole Miss's advantage more than Arkansas's, right? Because yeah, Arkansas wanted to prove they're good there in the conversation, but you also went from winning three games last year to being ranked in the top ten. There's a little bit of a fraud alert there, just based off principles, right? And just like how things truly work, and it doesn't happen that quick. Sam Pittman's a good coach, but come on, let's get real. Um, yeah, so, I, I'm with you, and I think yeah. if you're old Miss, you got to come out and get this one. Um, you know, and the thing is, is, is that I think if you're you're Matt Corral, um, come out and have a big day. Um, I don't think the loss to Alabama takes him out of the Heisman conversation, but I think it hurts him a little. Um, oh, absolutely, but but I think now it's just about doing something special this year as a senior, and maybe getting to New York City still. Correct, and, and they still have, you know, a lot left in front of them um, to, to play for. So, you know, go out there and, and see what happens. I mean, you never know. I, with one loss, I mean, you potentially could find yourself, you know, sitting around there, 
you know, for an opportunity to, you know, maybe still, potentially still represent a, the West. I don't know if Bama trips never, up twice. There, I don't think so. I don't think Bama's trips up twice. So let's just let's let's mix. But, but you have an opportunity to still have a very special season and put yourself yeah. in a position to be in a New Year's Six game. Exactly. Yeah. The New Year's Six game, I think, is now the goal there for Ole Miss the remainder of the way. Um, yeah, and I, just, I, I think right now Arkansas is so reliant on K.J. Jefferson to be their offense. And, and unfortunately, that's going to be kind of their undoing at the same time because if you can contain him and – basically what Georgia did, you can make their day offensively very, very long. Oh, absolutely. And I think Ole Miss, you know, last week, yeah, they gave up 42 to Bama, but that's an improving defensive unit from where they've been last year. And I think this is a really big opportunity for them to prove that Saturday against Arkansas. It'll be lit at the Grove, buddy, no doubt. The chandeliers will be underneath of the awnings <laughs> for sure. Um Pretty cool place, man. I, I will say it now. To a place that's a little less uh, chandelier um, or under the tent crowd there, and that's Huntington, West Virginia. <laughs> uh, for a 2 p.m. start, Marshall needs a big-time win, CJ, and they're hosting Old Dominion. Uh, her turned it over six times last Saturday in a loss to Middle Tennessee State, a bad loss, and uh, starts them off on the wrong foot in the conference. After blowing two fourth quarter leads the prior two weeks against, you know, the, the Purple Pirates and the App State Mountaineers there in Boone. Great atmosphere, by the way, in Boone. Uh, CJ, if you ever get a chance, you definitely need to go check it out uh, down there in the mountains in Boone. Pretty cool place down there at App State. Marshall's a 21-point favorite, CJ. I don't think I would touch that with your money, but I will say Marshall wins the game going away. Yeah, I, I, yeah. if you're Marshall, you, you've got to come out. Um, you need this win big time. Um, you know, it, the, the alarming thing for me right now when you look at Marshall is, is, is the interceptions for Grant Wells. Oh, yes. Yeah. Seven of them. Seven of them. You know, and it just it, – it feels it, – it doesn't feel like the same team. Now, granted, obviously, last year's team was, was very – was good. It was very senior laden. This one, not as much. It's a new coaching staff. Um, this one, I, I think Marshall at home, I think you can get the win here. I don't know if I'd take them in the points. I'd almost be leaning ODU on that one because both, both offenses right now seem to be kind of stepping all over themselves. Um, and you just wonder if maybe – the fear, I think, if you're a Marshall fan, is, is if this is close in the fourth quarter again, do the ghosts start popping back up in your brain? I don't, I, I don't think so, CJ. But I, but I do understand where you're coming from it, on it that perspective, um, because there there are a lot of maybe some skeletons in that closet still. I love the under on sixty six in this game. Absolutely love it. Yeah, I love the under, and, and I'd like Marshall to win. Uh, maybe not come home. You yeah. can feel like maybe if Middle Tennessee State's at home, they probably find a way to win that one. App State's a tough place to go play. I mean, well, Marshall had the lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, they just didn't finish the one drive, missed the field goal. App State, you know, kind of grounded them out there in the fourth, and, and they lost their lost it and lost an onside kick for CCU. 
they're not that far off from potentially even being right now four and one at, at the very worst. Right, and and like I said, and, and they played well at App State, but I mean, you know, I like I said, I've never had the, I've never unfortunately been able to get over there to see a game, um, but I've talked to people that have been there. You're one of them now. You know that that's a very interesting atmosphere. I mean, it's you don't just roll into Boone and pull out with a W like that. It's hard to do, and um, you know, I I would have thought maybe the bye week um, would have given them some help there. Um, you know, but you blow a fourth quarter lead there to to Middle Tennessee. I I, I expect Marshall to win to get to three and three. But uh, if you made me pick this one and I had to bet it with somebody else's money, I'd probably take ODU in the points. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair assessment, CJ. You know, coming off that kind of that longer week versus after the App State game on the Thursday. They never play well at that old Johnny Red Floyd Stadium there down at Middle. They're now one and four historically all time there. Um, been a house of horrors for the herd, and it was again Saturday. Uh, and and now they just got to rebound and get back out. it. if we had to make a pick, I would take. I might take Marshall to go ahead and uh, to get this thing. Maybe win it by like twenty four, like thirty eight to fourteen or something like that. But we're not we're not going to hold each other accountable for that pick. Just want to talk about the herd a little bit there. So let's get into some three thirty games. The big big contest, the South Oldest rivalry, right? You know, um, Georgia Auburn, Georgia. The number two ranked team in the country, Auburn, eighteen. Brian Harson's first year won some big games. Bo Nix has been electric. Uh, who do you like down there on the plains Saturday at Jordan Hare? Man, who you got? I, I love Georgia. I love Georgia big. Um, okay, yeah, give me Georgia in the points on this one. Um, Georgia covers. I, I don't think there's going to be any question. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you this right now, give me the over, too, because I think Georgia's going to put up a crap ton of points again. Um, and, and just the way they play defensively, I mean, they they had a defensive player. I think it was last week had said, you know, man, we don't care if it's the New England Patriots. We're not giving points up. Like, that, that defense has so much confidence and so much swagger with it right now. They are just on a – complete other world. Kirby Smart a couple of weeks ago said this is, you know, we don't practice to beat somebody. We're practicing and getting better to beat everybody. Like, they are so locked in and tuned into what they want to do. And I just, this Auburn can be a good team and Auburn can be a thorn in somebody's side. I, but it won't be said that. Man, you know, CJ, I find it interesting because I don't want to think against Georgia, right? because of how good they've been this season. But I really like what Bo Nix is about, right? And, man, some of those plays he made against LSU were insane. And they played pretty well against Penn State on the road. I'm not saying – see, what I want to see – let me let me see that juice get up a little higher, right? If I could get Georgia up to 17, maybe in the hook by Saturday at 3.30, then I'm in. But – at 15 and a half, I think you probably are still – I think you still got to lean lean Georgia. But I but I think that's just too much candy, man. You got to go with Auburn. 
I mean, it's just uh, you score a at, couple I mean, points. Bo Nix will make a few plays. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's given up less than 180 yards a game, less than five points a game. Like defensively, they are just so locked in, and and offensively, you know, they they started Bennett last week. He gives them a dimension with their feet, with his feet that you know Daniels doesn't have. Like right. And and you know white out of the backfield has been. I mean Zamir White's just. Let me let me let me ask this question right now though, real quick. As good as Georgia's been, right? The quarterbacks they've been facing now. The, the Clemson deal is a weird thing, right? We get that all together. Yeah, that um, was kind of funky. It, it's well, and Ugala just DJ is just. It's a weird situation right now. Clemson's not what they should be. We we get that. So Georgia won them to three. Okay. As as Zach affectionately and lovingly calls them on the WV pod, the uh, the Dragon Blazers, UAB, Bill Clark's uh, Blazers, reigning Conference State champs. They took them behind the shed. That was impressive, right? But it's not a great, great quarterback. Seven points. Zeb Noland, Iowa State grad transfer, starting thirteen. Vandy, enough said. KJ Jefferson, yeah, he's made some plays here. Yeah, he's a pretty good player, but. I mean, uh, he's not an elite quarterback. This will be the best QB they'll face so far this season. I think Bo Nix will put some points on the board. I love that over. I think you're right on there, CJ. Um, but I think this game's going to be very – it's going to be more competitive than we think. I really do think that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Nix will be the best quarterback they face. But, I mean, and, cause then I, and I watched pretty much all of the, the UGA game because I was really locked in. I wanted to see if, if Arkansas could match the energy. And the way that they frustrated and hound him, like they get pressure. They and here's the thing: they'll exotic blitz you, but there were times they didn't. They don't even have to, and that's been the crazy thing. Like they're getting pressure with four guys, and I. So you're just saying Nick's is gonna have no time. Yeah, I mean, and and if they can do that again on Saturday with Bo Nix, it, it's he's going to be in for a very long day. I hope the ice tub's ready because he's going to take some shots. Yeah, no doubt. But I think he is the type of guy who can maybe make some things happen, create a few plays, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, this will definitely be the best quarterback they face. But uh, this Georgia team just feels so, so different. Yeah, it really does. It really does, CJ. Um so you're on record with Georgia. I think in this game I would be on record taking the the over um, at 47. Because um, mm-hmm. I do think, yeah, Auburn plays some stout D, but it's either going to go one, one of two ways. We're going to have a really tight competitive game or Georgia's going to kind of have their way and do what they want against Auburn offensively still, and then Bodoks will make a couple plays to put you on that overside of the total. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Uh, when you beat the Georgia Bulldog, you're gonna sell a Bulldog. Bye. Another on ABC there at 3:30, you got the 10th ranked BYU Cougars out there in Provo hosting Boise State, a two and three Boise State. The line is five in the hook. CJ, I think this one stinks, and for some reason, love Boise. Yeah, this is kind of another one of those little rivalry game type situations um yeah granted yeah just because of proximity and all that they do i think they play each other every year is <sighs> i i'm staying away from this one because i you know me i i love byu love the cougs 
I could see BYU winning by a touchdown to 10 points, but I could also see this thing being a three-point game at the same time. Like, yeah, this one to me is, ugh. And, man, I almost feel like Boise, I mean, they lost a heartbreaker to, to UCF in the opener. They kind of ran out of gas. First game for uh, Arroyo as the head coach. Then you come back. You whoop UTEP, who's had a, had a resurgence this year, actually. Lose a heartbreaker to Oklahoma State on the blue that you, uh, for all intents and purposes, should have won. You go on the road and beat a un, then undefeated Utah State team and then lose to Carson Strong in Nevada, who's an excellent player uh, in a little bit of a shootout. I think Boise's actually a pretty good football team. Uh, and I know BYU is obviously undefeated in 10th rank, but I think it's a little bit of a gold team. Um, yeah, I, I, Arizona's I, I, not great. You beat them by eight. Utah, Charlie Brewer left the next week. Arizona State offensively, eh, not great. Now, that's the one that kind of makes you think, okay, BYU might be good. But you're at home. You didn't beat South Florida by that much. And then Utah State was a, a tight one there on Friday night, and you kind of got it done. Utah State's pretty solid, but I don't necessarily think that makes them, like, I guess having the home field versus Boise is a nice advantage for them. But I, I think Boise's a really good underdog candidate here Saturday to win outright. Yeah, I'm with you because you, you know the Bill Parcells line, you are what your record says you are. And this almost kind of feels for Boise State like the outlier of that because, like you said, kind of ran out of gas against UCF. Uh, Oklahoma State's a game that you probably should have won, and I think it comes down to just, you know, maybe Oklahoma State's got one or two more athletes. You know, Nevada's a good team. Finished with <laughs> A tough look. A tough look for uh... – yeah, a real tough look for Boise to lose the game the way they did to, to Oklahoma State and Spencer Sanders that that day. So they're a good team. I think they're a good sure. Yeah, they are, and I, you know, so I mean, like I said, I, I could see Boise hanging in this one. Um, that one to me is one I I wouldn't go anywhere near it. Go to the dome, there, brother. The Orange and the Demon Deacons, nineteenth ranked Clawson squad coming in. Little ESPN two action. I love Wake Forest in this game. And I like it more than the six. Now, I know you're maybe a little bit jaded on the cues because of the big win versus Liberty up there. But, I mean, they did lose to Florida State. I mean, I, I think Wake Forest is actually a really good team this year. Yeah, Barton's quarterback's been very, very good and efficient with the football. And that defense has been very stout this season. I like Wake to win, even on the road. Yeah, I do too. Um, I wait for us has, has played well and you can kind of see it because we talked about them at times last year, right? Like you could see them starting to kind of get things put together. You know, even against Clemson, like you saw spurts of that game where it's like, man, this is a damn good football team. And and they're getting it together. Hartman, you mentioned him. I mean, he's he's been phenomenal. Two only two picks, eleven touchdowns. You know, it's not 15 in QBR. You know, if you put a ton into that into that stock, you know they haven't turned the ball over. They've they've been very balanced in their attack. I I love what Wake Forest has working. Um, the Syracuse and Dino Babers, it just for some odd reason the last couple of years just has not been what I think a lot of people thought it would be. Syracuse is very up and down, very Jekyll Hyde. You don't know what you're getting week to week. 
you know, like you said, they get the win against Liberty and then go to FSU and lose to, to Florida State in a game that they should have won. Uh, so I'm with you. I, I, I like that game. I honestly think this is a kind of a Wake Forest type. I'm not going to say statement game, but I mean, they survived the game versus Louisville. They dominated Virginia on the road. They dominated Florida State. They looked pretty good in their first two games. I think they're going to win big versus Syracuse. And then, I mean, you look at their schedule. Wake Forest could do something special this year in the ACC. Um, yeah, because right now they're in the driver's seat and, and, and control their destiny um, as far as the Atlantic division goes. Um, you know, 3-0 already in conference play. This, this is an opportunity for them to get to 4-0 and and really, really put themselves fully in the driver's seat to, to go to Charlotte to play for the Atlantic Coast Conference title. Man, I hope they take the wheel and drive it. Um, all the way to Charlotte from old Winston-Salem. The Deacon literally – the I'm Deacon is riding this. shotgun with me, CJ. And I, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. If they can do that – that place will be packed out with Demon Deacon fans. I mean, they'll travel, and Winston-Salem's not that far of a drive to Charlotte. Hey, adopt them, buddy. You're down there. Adopt the Clausens. <laughs> um, I feel like you want to talk about this one, so we'll go ahead and talk about it real quickly here. <laughs> Middle Tennessee State, Liberty. Uh, 19 in the hook for your boys. I don't love that number. I think Middle's got a decent uh, offensive team. Kind of a weird condition game they versus Marshall. They took advantage of mistakes, but what do you think? Yeah, this one's kind of funky. Um, it, it it feels a little big. I'd like it if it was down closer to like sixteen in the hook, seventeen in the hook. I might be a little more apt for it. Um, the weather in Lynchburg um, on Saturday is supposed to be rainy, um, so not real great conditions. Um, you know, Liberty's coming off a big win against UAB where they fully dominated. Um, I, I expect Liberty to win. Um, I, the 19 and a half is a little, little concerning and a little too big for my friends. Yeah. I'd agree. However, yeah, nope. Liberty is four and one against the spread this year, though. So take it for what it's worth. I mean, Malik Willis could put on an absolute show potentially. Um, there's always that chance, too. Yeah, and and the interesting thing for him is, you know, obviously he's there, you know, he's you know over a thousand yards passing. He's just over four hundred, four hundred eighteen yards rushing, which makes him their leading rusher. Here's the other thing too that's been kind of phenomenal if you watch him play. No picks. He's just to no picks. He's taking care of the ball. He's been the completion percentage is almost ten points better than it was last year. Uh, to watch his growth and maturity in Hugh Freeze's system has been has been pretty fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely, and and man, that's why he's getting the love of being you know Kuiper's Kuiper's big board there the way he is. A, a team that CJ might have a few guys on Kuiper's big board going on the road. The Ponies, SMU, twenty fourth, coming off a uh, going down to Navy to take on a Navy team that just came off a big win. Um, their first of the season, by the way, for the midshipmen. They'll be at home again. Do you give them any chance against SMU, especially with a 13-and-a-half, or do you, do you just take lay the points? See, and this one's tough. Um, <clears throat> you know me. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big midshipman fan, um, have been all my life. Uh, this They are in kind of a very funky place. Um, 
you know, offensively, they just don't at times feel like what they should. Defensively, they give up a ton. SMU can put points up. We've seen them. I mean, they hung 42 on TCU. I mean, they've been in the 30s, 40s all year. To me, I hate to say this, but, yeah, give me me the ponies in the 13 in the hub. Give, give me the ponies to cover. I, I think you're probably right. Navy's not been the same defensively this year. But there is something special about that place, CJ. You eventually got to get up there, man. It's it's phenomenal. Um, it, it's something something you won't, you won't ever forget. Um, and, ah, man, I feel like Navy's going to cover that spread. I don't think they win, but I think they'll cover, give another good effort. I think old Ken Imatamololo was uh, bringing it home and, and getting that team back together. Um, two more ones briefly here. Want to just get see if you want to even even make a pick once we get some lines here. Florida State, North Carolina, down there at Keenan Memorial and Chapel Hill. Matar Hills, seventeen in the hook against the Knowles. That's a lot of points. I feel like I lay it, but I feel like it's some, for some reason they know exactly this thing's going to finish like forty-four to twenty-seven or something like that. Yeah, I mean, because that almost feels like 17 is the, the correct number. You know, if you, if I could get that under 17, I'd take it. Um, you know, in North Carolina, you know, I think really kind of shook off some some stuff. Duke, you know, winning the, the Liberty Bell again. Um, and it feels like kind of offensively, I think they're starting to really kind of hit their groove defensively. They're they're starting to get into what Mac wants them to be defensively. Florida State is a dumpster fire. Um, like I said, if it was under seventeen, I'd take North Carolina seventeen. And I feel like that hook's going to get a bunch of people. Yeah, I think you're definitely right about that, CJ. I think that's the reason I wouldn't want to take it. Um, at all. Um, now, I will say this. I do think that total at 64 is extremely intriguing, and I like a lot. Yeah, I like it, too. It's just going to be an interesting question of if this is one of those where North Carolina gets up big early, if you're Mac, do you maybe sit on it, especially in the second half and, you know, Take the win and get out and get the four and two. Yeah, there's a possibility. Um, the next contest there, CJ, Brett Bilma and his Illini hosting Wisconsin, who is one and three. The Badgers are a 10 point road favorite. Um, I mean, it kind of feels like that's a game that. Uh, Wisconsin will win by 10, but Illinois is rather pesky this year, especially at home. I could see Illinois covering this thing real easily. Yeah, I, I like Illinois to cover. Uh, I, Wisconsin, I <clears throat> had much bigger hopes and ambitions for them. Um, yeah, I really thought Mertz would, you know, play well. Um, you know, that has not been the case. Um, you know, two touchdowns to, to six picks. Um, he's just not looked real good. Now, he's questionable headed into the game as of right now. Um, still dealing with a – they call it a chest injury. We'll use the hockey term, upper body injury. 
just Wisconsin just does not feel like they used to. I mean, they used to be able just to run the ball at will. That doesn't seem to be there as much. Uh, Wisconsin's pesky. This is at or Illinois pesky. This is at home. Yeah, I like Illinois to cover. I, I will say though, Wisconsin their rush defense is still very very good. Uh, I mean, yeah, they can stop the run. It's just they, but I mean. They don't run like they have. Do they get right versus Illinois, though? Do they get right, potentially, and we're kind of missing it, and they win it like, you know, 27 to 13 type of game? I could definitely see that, potentially. Yeah, but, I mean, that's tough, too, because Illinois has been really good against the run. I mean, they're only giving up 126 yards. I mean, so, I mean, they've been good. It's just – when you think Wisconsin, right, the Ron Danes, the the Taylors, like – they turned around, they hand the ball off, and their offensive linemen just moved people, and that's not there for them right now. Um, you know, that that's why I tend to kind of lean to Illinois here because the more that they put it on Mertz's shoulders and hands, it just has not been not been there for them. That's true. It's a very good – it's a very, very good point there, uh, CJ. I, I think Mertz has just not been – Mertz has not been that guy this year, and and uh, not really sure as to why he hasn't been, but he definitely hasn't been so far. Um, a three thirty pick, I want to get in real quickly here, buddy, because I love it. San Jose State going to Colorado State. I think Colorado State's getting a lot of love for kind of hanging around with Iowa there early, and um, yeah, they beat Toledo. I mean, they've they've been in a lot of tight games this year, but. I like I like old Starkle there at quarterback for San Jose State. That program was pretty good last year. Um, I expect to see a lot lot out of him as we continue to move forward in this in this thing this year. I mean, it's not like San Jose State hasn't lost to, to a couple, uh, you know, decent teams. The loss to Western Michigan was very was very interesting, um, but they played USC pretty tight there till the end. I like them to cover that thing on the road. I mean, the fact that they're getting two and a half doesn't feel quite right. I think Stark will get that win. Yeah, I'm with you. I love uh, San Jose State in this one. Um, I think Colorado State's getting some love there just just because of, you know, Iowa. But, yeah, so I, I, I love San Jose State in this one. Um, yeah, I mean, give me, give, yeah, give me them plus two and a half and I, for the outright win as well. I mean, we will say, I mean, the Todd, the Todd Centrino kid there for Colorado State's a pretty uh, interesting little quarterback there. The senior from West Palm Beach um, can throw and run a little bit. He adds a little bit of diversity to that game. It's like they're at home. They're desperate. But, uh, I, you know, two and a half, they're almost telling you we're valuing this home field a little bit. I don't value it. We're talking about why they're getting some love hanging with Iowa. That's the big game this week. On Fox, four o'clock, Penn State, Iowa, CJ, number four, number three, the Hawkeyes are a one and a half point favorite at home. Who do you like? And the total here is forty-one. By the way, okay, yeah, and I'm going to give you props for skipping over the battle of the un of the unwatchable UConn UMass game. Thank you. <laughs> the the U ball. Yeah, 0-11. Yeah, 0-11 combined in that one. Uh, Penn State, I, I'm actually pretty excited for this one. Um, hopefully, our ho- hopefully Washington and, and Baylor is is 
well and done by then and we can yeah, i can hop into this one and catch it from the get-go uh so this one to me is intriguing um if you if you're iowa this is a perfect spot to really stamp your resume right and and to to very loudly claim we're here um and if you're penn state it's kind of the same thing right and this is the game interestingly enough at times we've seen we've seen penn state in and not been able to finish it they have a cup they have at times but this is a very good spot for both teams to make their stamp in the big 10 that it's not just ohio state it's not just michigan we're here too oh and absolutely to kind of, and to kind of shift the perception a little i mean um, it's number three versus number four <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely that that way. Saturday, although if you, if you look at the two teams to this point in the season, right? Iowa, you know, has a big win versus Iowa State, who we thought was really good. Maybe not. Indiana, kind of the same thing. Beat Kent, beat Colorado State, put it on Maryland. That was pretty impressive Friday night. Whereas Penn State, you look at it, Wisconsin, yeah, and they beat them sixteen ten. I mean, they beat Auburn, but we kind of think Auburn might be pretty good, but we're not entirely sure. And then they beat an Indiana team, which seems to be going the wrong way. I'm not saying Penn State's all that great either. I mean, do you, are you buying what they have at quarterback there with Clifford this year versus Petrus? I mean, who do you take in that matchup? I mean, Clifford has the better numbers, but I like Iowa's ability to run the football a little bit better. I don't think Penn State's really been that great in that aspect of the game so far this season. Um, I mean, they have been filling it up through the air without question. And it's not like I was ran the ball all that well either. That defense has been really good. Do you think Penn State's defense is on the same level as I was? I think that's the question of the game because I'd say Penn State offensively maybe a tad bit more explosive than Iowa. Yeah, I definitely think Penn State offensively is probably better than Iowa, but I think Iowa defensively is is better. Um you know, and, and yeah, that Iowa win, uh, Indiana win for Iowa, maybe not as, as good as you thought. Maybe the same thing with Iowa State. But you look at what they were able to do defensively, you know. And then the key with Iowa State was is, is you took Brees Hall essentially out of the game, right? And you Did turned him over four times. Right. So, to me, I think this is going to be – this is going to resemble kind of what Penn State-Wisconsin is was. You know, it, it's going to be a very – clock control, take shots when they're there, but be careful with the football, rely on our defenses, kind of a slugfest type of a game. Um, I like Iowa simply for the fact that it's at home would be the only real reason I'm leaning in it this one. If it was at Penn State, I'd lean the other way. Hey, um, have, hey, CJ, have they ever changed the locker rooms there for the visiting team? Are they still pink? To my recollection, I believe they are still pink. Uh, you got to love it. <laughs> you gotta love it. Um, yeah. So I, I I lean Iowa simply just because it's at home, um, and I and I trust Petrus to be a little smarter with the ball than maybe I do Clifford, who has that little bit of gunslinger in him at times, um, which they've done a very good job of this year of really kind of coaching him to stay within the offense, um, but. For me, it would just I, I I trust Iowa maybe a little more than I do Penn State. Yep, I hear you, CJ, and I think that's kind of how kind of how I view it too. 
Um, and I don't really know why. I mean, I think Penn State offensively probably is a better team. But Iowa at home kind of will do Iowa at home type things, right? And it feels like that's that Kirk Ferentz kind of molded game. Um, and they always seem to find ways to get things done, especially there at Kinnick. Uh, CJ, we're going to move now into the into the night game portion of the, of the, uh, the third wave here. And uh, we'll get it started with a contest between Michigan and Nebraska. Number nine, Michigan, going to Nebraska, uh, three-and-a-half point favorite there versus Scott Frost's Cornhuskers. Man, I love Michigan in this thing, but it feels very trappish here. Yeah, it does feel a little a little trappish, and I think the, that's what – Stay out uh, the trap house, man. Stay out. Yeah, well, and I think that's also, you know, what the guys, the wise guys out in Vegas are seeing, you know, with it being three and a half. You know, maybe they're 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 looking. To me, this one almost feels. I I want to say, give me Nebraska in the points here, and here's why. This feels like that spot where Jim Harbaugh and Michigan just forget to show up. <sighs> I mean, he, uh, he, every year up there, he has that one game where you go, how do you lose? And it just – this one feels like that game. Coming off the big win versus Wisconsin, you you, you know, you, you you didn't put it to Rutgers, really. We're finding out Washington's not very good. So you're maybe questioning how good are they along with just not showing up, kind of meltdown type thing. And yeah, if, yeah. And it's at night on the road. You were in a dogfight with a Rutgers team that's not real good. You know, Nebraska's coming off a, you know, a big win against Northwestern. You know, they lost in overtime to, to Michigan State, hung with, you know, hung with Oklahoma. Like, it kind of feels like Scott Frost is – he's kind of like in that Neil Brown thing where he's getting it turned. It's just taking – you know, giving him some patience and some time. Yep. But this one feels like it sets up to be a signature moment for him. You know, it's, that's a very, very, very good point there, CJ. Um, man, you, you almost kind of sold me to the fact that I want to take Nebraska now in this game um, instead of Michigan. But – I think in the end, the one thing that keeps me from from fully committing on that is I do really like the way Michigan's run the football this season, and I think that will travel along with their defense, which has been pretty stout this year. That travels as well. I, I do really like – I do really, really like the, uh, the under in this game, though, at 50 and a half. Oh yeah, I, I love the under. Um, you know, this will be if I had to like you know the super dogs like they do on game day. This would almost be mine for that one uh, for ne- Nebraska and the points. Yeah. Oh, so, so you say Nebraska and the under though? Yeah, yeah. I'm taking Nebraska plus three and a half in the under. Yeah. Parlay them up, tease them, whatever you got to do with CJ's thing there. Um, man, another night game here, which. I love on the ACC network, Notre Dame coming off the loss of Cincinnati on the road in Blacksburg Lane Stadium, three and one. The Hokies come calling. Notre Dame's a one point favorite, CJ. So essentially a pick them. Who do you have there? Um, 
man, this is a game where, you know, I just hope the lights go out and they can't finish the game because, you know, my fandom hates both of these squads. <laughs> um, <sighs> well, with it being a one-point spread, it's, it's, it's a pick em. Um Give me Notre Dame uh, simply being you lose at home to, to a good Cincinnati team. Don't get me wrong. That's a very good Cincinnati team. Um, An excellent but, Cincinnati team, CJ. Yeah, so I, I don't think there's any there, – there's no shame in that loss. I mean, I, I there are a lot of people that really like Cincinnati in that game, knew it would be a good one. Um, and then Notre Dame does have some questions in their quarterback positioning um, just due to injury. Um but I, I fully. Kyron Williams has not ran the football well this year, and BT defensively at times looked good. What I saw of them in person against West Virginia, um, man, BT at home does look real intriguing. But I, but I think Notre Dame gets right. I think you're right, CJ. Yeah, I just I, I think Brian Kelly's going to have this team ripped up and ready to go. Because um, if you're Notre Dame now, the sh- now the shift of the the goal and the focus is New Year's Six. Because at one loss. No conference affiliation. Your playoff spot. Your your playoff hopes have, are gone. Yeah, they had to run the, the loss of Cincinnati. Yeah, you had to run the table because you have no conference affiliation, so you don't have a chance to kind of revenge that. You know, to kind of balance well, that out. Especially when your perception was falling because of the the near loss to Florida State, which it was looking awful. Then you beat Toledo in the MAC by three. Beat Purdue, okay, by fourteen, but it's Perdont, and so. Nothing spectacular there. Yeah, Wisconsin was cool. You lost this one Saturday. You were only up in nine. I mean, you get a little bit of a hit right now. The USC, North Carolina is still on the schedule. Virginia looks like to be pretty tough. Stanford as well. So there's some games still left there for the Irish. They need to get this one to keep that kind of positive momentum rolling toward the New Year's Six. I think you're right about that too, CJ. And something about this Hokie squad there at home, if, if they frustrated Sam Howe that way, what are they going to do to Jack Cohn? And he's a little bit less mobile. They better be able to run the football with Kieran Williams. If not, I kind of like the Hokies to, to get the lunch pail. And I do like the uh, – I think I like the the over in this game at 47 for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love the over. Um, you know, I wish I had Pat McAfee's hammer right now. Hammer that over. Hammer down. Um, But, no, I, I – to me, in a situation like this, I think Notre Dame gets kind of the ship rewrited, gets to five and one. Um, and this one for me just comes down to who do I trust more, Forentes or Kelly? And it's it's Kelly. I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that, CJ. The fact that it's in Blacksburg is the reason why we're even thinking about it, right? And so, well, and not only is it in Blacksburg, but it's in Blacksburg at night. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a different, different animal. It, 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 Inner Sandman's a little different at night than it is, say, noon. Mm, yeah, no questions. <laughs> hope, hope next year in the Mountaineers go there. It's at least a three thirty game. Yeah, yeah, we don't need it seven o'clock. So of course it will be instead of instead of like it was at noon for us this year. I digress. Um, Back to the 7.30 kicks, and Kentucky at the big grocery store, Kroger Stadium, um, got a big win the first time in the history of the school, it felt like, 
actually history of our lifetimes and probably even yours too, buddy, beat Florida in Lexington, 20 to 13, had the block field goal. They're now ranked at number 16 in the country now. Um, and they get the uh, the Bayou Bengals coming to town. Kentucky, a three-and-a-half-point favorite, CJ. What do you think? I absolutely love Kentucky um, to cover this. Um, really? I do. Um, I here's my thing, and and I know you you're you're a big Coach O guy, and I I love him. Have a gumbo. But I just at times I, I think he you know Joe Burrow and that kind of caught lightning in a bottle. Everything worked together. This isn't that squad. You know they lost so much off of that championship team. They're still trying to get it replaced. Kentucky's coming off a big win, and this could feel maybe like a little bit of a letdown because they did finally get Florida probably for the first time ever, or at least in your right in my lifetime, I can ever remember it. You know, so yeah. yeah, maybe a little bit of a letdown there, but I feel like Stoops is starting to get his imprint. This is no long, and he's and he said it from when he got down there that he wanted to get this program to the point where when you talked about Kentucky, it was no longer just a basketball school, right? He's he's getting it going that way. I love it. it UK's at home, so I think that maybe helps with not having it as the letdown because the crowd will be hyped up. They're going to be electric. It is still LSU, so that's still a big target. Exactly. When they're back, and but the Kentucky faith will be like, oh, man, LSU's coming in. Let's go. And night game, yeah, I get you there. There's, there's going to be no letdown. Right. They're, they're, that gives you even more little national credit hub because even if LSU's not, you know, the perennial LSU – like they have been, it's still from a national standpoint. You go, man, you got Florida and LSU in back-to-back weeks. Okay, let's start rethinking think about the Wildcats. Yeah, agreed. And and I think, CJ, that's a very interesting uh, point you bring up there. I do really like the Kentucky team. Here's my questions for you. Before the Florida game, we weren't really giving them any love. Now if they beat Florida, they're 16th in the country. They beat UNO Monroe and old Rhett Rodriguez and the boys and uh, T's and P's for Rhett. Uh, hopefully everything turns out all right for them. Um, there, uh, you got Mizzou, uh, who's proven to not be great. I mean, they gave up, what, almost half a hundo to Tennessee. Beat Chattanooga by five. South Carolina's not great. You beat them by six on the road. You found a way to beat Florida, and you got to give them a lot of credit for that, but I'm not sure how great Kentucky is this year, and I do think LSU can move the football offensively and throw it um, there with old Max Johnson at quarterback. Man, I am sold on him. I like he the way he's moving. They don't run the ball the way they need to, though, and I think that Coach O's a little disappointed in that. But, man, you know the LSU's still going to have some players on defense. They lost a tough one to Auburn. They, they found a way to beat Mississippi State. Mississippi State's not, you know, by any means a great team, but they came back and beat A&M, and they hung with NC State, who's pretty good. I, I think um, I think LSU's a little better than we think, for sure. Now, granted, the L- UCLA loss doesn't look as good now. We're that sissy blue. Uh, and they got put it on after he said that sissy blue. But I think it's a big one for Coach O. And I think they'll beat Big Blue. Give me, give me LSU plus the three and a half, CJ. Yeah, and, and I understand where you're coming from on that. And I think this, to me, is the biggest difference between Bob Stoops and Mark Stoops. 
Mark doesn't care to win a slug out game that's 16 10, you know, 13 10, 20 to 17. He, he does not give a damn about explosive offensive plays. He doesn't care if they're lighting the scoreboard up. It's about do you get the win and do you move on? Now, and, hey, and CJ. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to blow you away offensively. But like I said, this to me seems like a very good spot for UK to really nationally kind of shift our focus and our thoughts on them. Because, yeah, the schedule hasn't been fantastic. But at the end of the day, you're still undefeated. Regardless a, of how you get there, hundred percent correct, and it doesn't matter how you get there. And if you beat LSU, you're six and zero. And then here's the thing that I think, though, and it's it's an, it's I don't know how I view it though because I think it'd go either way. You play Georgia the next week between the edges, and so are you looking ahead to that opportunity, and you kind of slump, stub your toe here, or are you fully focused on wanting to give Georgia everything you? everything that they can handle and more being a six and zero Kentucky team definitely at that point, probably ranked inside near the top 12. And then if you somehow find a way to beat the dogs down there, which I mean, good luck, but still you really change the narrative. So I see where you're yeah, coming from both sides I, there, CJ. It may be a game now. I think I would like to stay away from honestly. Yeah. I mean, I understand where you're, where you're saying on that, on the, on the, you know, possibly looking ahead. Um, but I think the thing for me is, is I'm not so sure Kentucky has gotten to that level yet where you can start looking ahead because of, well, quite frankly, the national perception of who I, you I, are. I agree, CJ, but that's that's a lot easier said than done for kids. Oh, no, no, I, for kids. I, no, I agree And I think you. this I'm, might be the spot they get picked. I mean, last week they were all, you know, grilling gators and, you know, outside of tailgates. Now, I mean, they might be trying to do something cool this week for LSU too, obviously, but, I mean, that had a different feel and a big feel – and one they've been gunning for for a while. And the LSU they gun for too, but ah, man, that's that's a tough 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 call. Yeah, and it is. And I think if you're your stoops, this is a perfect week to really get your kids locked in because in the SEC, that's what you get week in week out, right? It it's a gauntlet and it's okay. Yeah, we got Florida but you got LSU coming in behind him, and that's every week. You guys want to achieve greatness. You want to be in the conversation in this conference. You've got to find a way to get through these mental hurdles of, yeah, we got it. Okay, great. Move on. Yeah, I hear you. And so we'll move on to the next game now. Um, <laughs> number one, Alabama versus Texas A&M down at Cowfield. Bama's a 17-and-a-half point favorite. Man, I want to take it. We have a lot of these big 17-and-a-half points this week. I don't think A&M covers this thing, but A&M's just good enough defensively to maybe sneak around and maybe they lose like 27-10 to 10 if Bama kind of doesn't absolutely throttle them. Although Bama's been putting up points all year too. so Yeah, Bama's been putting up points and giving up none. Yeah, I mean, they've been – we all talk about Florida. Bama's been pretty – pretty dominant as well and A&M's coming off two not great looks in a row there tough losses kind of losing that little bit of steam they had I mean they barely beat Colorado which isn't isn't necessarily a juggernaut right now um yeah they're they're decent defensively but Alabama's a really good offensive team with a lot of balance and the way they made Ole Miss even look last week and I mean 63 and yeah Florida they did lose so you know Miami's not great but 
I mean, we definitely see Bama putting up points in this one. Um, I love the over at 51, CJ. I just don't think I really would want to take a total for, uh, if I didn't have to. Yeah, I, I, I love Bama to cover this thing. Um, I, I'm thinking, you know, maybe with a and maybe we were a little high on them uh, to begin the year. I don't know why everybody was. I really don't. Kellen Mom was the heart and soul of that team. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, that Hayes King kid can play as a freshman. Him getting hurt really kind of, I think, screwed with them offensively a little. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're turnover prone. I mean, they got, they've as a team, seven interceptions. You know, I mean, King had, wasn't playing, you know, stellar great football when he got hurt. But, you know, when you spend the entire year, he's going to be the guy and then he gets hurt, you know, second game of the year. It kind of changes things up. I'm with you, Kellen Mon. You know, he 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 covered up some deficiencies. Um, well, they, well, they weren't they weren't really an indeficient team last year, but they're just not there offensively yet, and that it's struggling. And they're going to have to be to beat Bama, and I just don't think they can be. Um, yeah, when's just, the last time when you're talking about Alabama that you thought you got to outscore them to beat them? Well, here lately. <laughs> well, here lately, and that's where I think you know a guy like Nick Saban deserves a ton of credit because usually guys that are you know old—I hate to use the word old with Nick, but I mean Nick is in his seventies—that guys that have done it the way he's done it for so long, right? It's always been about defense. It's always been about running the ball and defense, and we'll we'll put up twenty-four points, we'll give up ten, and we'll go home. Like that was always kind of his thing. And then because he was complaining about pace of play and the quick offenses and all that, but he took a time, he looked around and pivoted and said, no, if I want to stay relevant and I want this program to continue to play for championships, we've got to make a change. And he did. And he's completely pivoted his offensive philosophy while giving up nothing of his defensive philosophy. Yeah. It's made him a juggernaut even more than he already was, which is instead of recruiting, you know, your A.J. McCarrens, he's now gone out west to get these big-time quarterbacks with arms, and now all of a sudden you comp that with the receivers that he was already recruiting to begin whoa, with. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not take a shot at A.J. McCarron. Well, I'm, and I'm not, and, it, and it's, it, it's not a knock at A.J. McCarron. It's, it's really not. But he went from getting guys that were, you know, kind of game management. Like, you, we're going to ask you to make two to three throws a game, and that's it, to – you know, guys like Tua, Mac Jones, where we're going to let you put it up, we're going to let you air it out, and and we're going to let you show your arm talent. It, it it's been that kind of a of a pivot for him. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, it has. It's just it's it's unreal to watch. It has been um, something that hasn't been unreal to watch, and that's been USC of late. Everyone wants to know who's going to be that new coach. They get Utah this week. Charlie Brewerless. USC a three-point favorite. It's on Fox at eight. I mean, nothing nothing that I really want to watch, and I don't really have a, a, a strong take in this game, CJ. I mean, I know Utah came back off of losing Brewer and beat Washington State, who had been playing eh, okay football. So there's something there. Almost, you almost kind of view a Kyle Whittingham team as when their back's against the wall. It's when they do something to kind of get it together. Um a quick, quick take on that, real quick, at all. Um, I, I wouldn't bet on it. I like USC to win. Um, I wouldn't bet this one just because of Slovis. Yeah, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, because they are so much different offensively when he's 
when he's the one under center. Um, and so, like I said, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. This is one I would completely stay away from. Um, like I said, I, USC's at home with with a healthy Slovis back there. That's why I tend to lean them, but not yeah. enough to, to put anything on it. I'd agree with that. And then, you know, the last kind of four games on the card there, the nine the nine o'clock game, FS1, San Diego State 25th, hosting New Mexico's two and three. The Aztecs are a damn good team. They're ranked, but I think they're getting a lot of love off of beating Utah. Um, and maybe Utah's not that great. I mean, New Mexico State, Arizona, I'm not sold there. I mean, Brockshire, I just – I don't know. I mean, Bell's an amazing – Bell's an amazing running back for them. But I think New Mexico might cover that spread up there, CJ, of, of 19 in the hook. I I just I, – I would not bet that one, nor would I bet Nevada uh, at 10.30 on CBS Sports Network versus New Mexico State. It's a 30-and-a-half point spread. I mean, that just seems insanity. Carson Strong's good and, and all that. But, I mean, New Mexico State – you know, is, is obviously not great, but I mean, that's still, that's a ton of points. So neither one of those games, uh, yeah, New Mexico West be betting one at all. Yeah. New Mexico can't stop anybody, but they have shown a propensity to be able to at least put points on the board. Yep. Um, they're entertaining if nothing else to watch. Cause like I said, they'll, they'll put points up on the board, but man, they can't stop anybody either. And then, I mean, and, and honestly, it's sort of the same way with New Mexico state in, in the game versus Nevada. So it's like, you know, I'm I'm staying away from both those both those games involving the, the New Mexico schools uh, against probably the two best teams in the Mountain West in San Diego State and Nevada uh, yeah. this year. Um, so then finally there, CJ, we roll into a 9 o'clocker on ESPN2 along with a 10.30 one to follow on ESPN. But first we'll hit the non-Pac-12 game, and that's Memphis-Tulsa. And Tulsa sits here at one and four, and yet is a three-point favorite at home. Total 61, Memphis. They're being a dog in this thing with the way Hannigan's thrown the football this year, 12 touchdowns, almost, you know, over right at 300 yards a game passing. I kind of like Memphis in this game. Um, Although Tulsa has played good competition and Memphis has lost two in a row, by three points to UTSA. Tulsa's a, a really, really good football team that's just had some bad luck in some games. I mean, they've lost to Ohio State, Oklahoma State. They played tight. They played Ohio State even tight, too. They lost they, but they lost to UC Davis, and then they got pounded by Houston. So, really, how good are they? So, it's tough. Like, I don't think I'm betting that either, CJ. Um, but both defenses have given up a lot of points, so maybe it's a – Maybe it's a, a total with the under, but that doesn't feel right either. So it's like, man, where, where do you go in this thing? Uh, I might just stay away from it altogether and just look at that 1030 game there between UCLA and Arizona. Yeah. And I, I, and I love, love UCLA minus 16. Yeah. Just to close out your Tulsa, that's a tough one. Tulsa is a team that can't stay out of its way. It's negative three in the turnovers. Um, probably should be worse. I mean, they've had several, seven fumbles, only lost one of them, so they've gotten lucky there. You know, they, a ton of penalties. They, they can't seem to kind of get out of their own way um, in that regard of things. 
and it and Memphis, you know, hasn't been any better. I mean, they're negative five in the turnovers, nine fumbles, six up, and they've lost. You know, penalties again. So I mean that 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 is setting up to be kind of one of just those ugly ugly games. Yeah, absolutely, CJ. I just I don't feel like it's a game I really want to be. I'm not in, too intrigued to watch. Um, and then back onto UCLA, wearing a sissy blue, coming off a, a tough loss. Um, but I like DTR going up against Arizona here on Saturday night down there in Tucson. Arizona is desperate, zero and four, um, but their offense is just not really humming. And yeah, they played BYU tight, and yeah, they got beat by San Diego State. Probably wasn't as bad. And Oregon, they didn't get absolutely train wrecked, um, but they did lose significantly. They also lost to Northern Arizona. So I think Chip and the boys get back on track. You know, they had the the, the, the puzzling loss uh, to Fresno, although predictable after losing to LSU. And then, you know, you, you got beat last week after you beat a good Stanford team responding. So I think they respond again. Give me the Bruins all day, even with the being 16. Finally, something under the 17 in the hook, CJ. I'll take UCLA. Yeah, I'm with you. I like UCLA. Um, I think you were being nice um, talking about Arizona. Um, you know, bear down. Their offense has been anemic, um, downright awful. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, they, it hasn't has, – has not been good. Um they got a running back who's – he's averaging four yards a carry, but, I mean, still hasn't been real good. Uh, their quarterback has been decent, but, I mean, they, they, they have no real over-the-top type of threats. They can't run the ball. I mean, they, offensively, they are, they, are, they are a bad offensive football team. Um, their defense is spending a ton of time on the field. Um, and we know against a Chip Kelly type of offense, that's that's a recipe for a very very long night out there in in Arizona. A very long night, CJ. You're definitely right about that. Um, and man, that point in time, that's it. Uh, that's the schedule this week. We ran through a lot of them there. Kind of look at it, see what you think. Um, but, man, i tell you five plays that I absolutely love here real quick that kind of bounces out of here, uh, CJ. And the first one of these is Saturday. Um, I absolutely, absolutely love Ole Miss minus six and a half. And I think it's even down even more than that now. Really a big fan also of Virginia plus three against Louisville. Love that WVU Baylor over at 44. Um, and then Sparty and Rutgers, I have under 51 was one I wrote down. So, and I think Oklahoma as well. Those are kind of my super sixers there for the weekend. Yeah, tough, tough, tough to argue with that one. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on, on all of those. Really do do like those. Um, you know, I uh, was trying to see if there was anything else that jumped off at me. Um, and there really, really isn't. There, There is one here that I do, we didn't talk about, and I kind of like it here a little bit. 
Um, a little bit of a rebound here week. Uh, Duke getting, you know, Duke uh, three and a half point underdog to Georgia Tech. Um, hmm. Interesting. You know, maybe maybe uh, Duke kind of gets a little bit of a rebound there after uh, a tough loss, losing in a rivalry game. Kind of kind of right the ship a little bit, uh, get the four and two, and and set themselves up for a for a nice little stretch run in the ACC. And to to really kind of feel and cut Cutcliffe and the boys uh, against that Georgia Tech team that's still trying to maybe yeah grab uh, its footing I, as a program. I like that. yeah because I I mean I, I he's got that program but I mean they just I mean North Carolina just has so much offensive firepower that Duke just couldn't match. I I don't know if Georgia Georgia Tech doesn't quite have that as much. I mean they they've played well offensively, um, but I kind of like Cutcliffe to get his guys geared back, you know, fired up to be to be ready to go on, on Saturday afternoon at ten thirty. Hell yeah, buddy. Ace of CJ. Uh hit him hit him with Twitter and uh you know, and then we'll get out of here, bud. Yeah. Uh for those of you that are listening, um uh we are new. We did get our Twitter up finally running. It's uh Porch Sports Pod um is the handle. Uh so there go and go and give us a follow. Um you know, tweet us out, um, you know, any questions, games you want to see us, you know, maybe talk about in the pickums um, in the coming weeks. Uh, we'll definitely take a look at those and, and try and work some of those in and let us know how you, how you, how you're doing on, on, on the betting side of life too. Uh, be interested to see if you're following our advice and if we're actually giving you any help. Yeah. And, and CJ, I would also say, um, man, maybe a potential contest here in the future. If you want to tweet, your picks uh now they give you a little more characters there i think we can maybe pull that off and uh you know maybe we can figure out some type of uh nice yeah, get little, a little, get a, nice, get a little fantasy thing going i like yeah, it yeah nice nice little reward or something there that we could we could give uh give out to the uh to the winner there so just uh just a food for thought we might we might re- revisit that for next week until next time y'all take it easy and um enjoy your college football saturday because uh Wow, it's unbelievable. We're already we're already going and heading in to week six. So enjoy. It goes fast, you know. <laughs> Till next time. Take it easy.